All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? I am uh, Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. How are you doing? I'm, I'm getting through it. Those of you who know, know I've uh, got the, uh, the COVID. I'm about a week in, a week into it. And uh, you know, fortunately, I'm very grateful. It's uh, it's been a mild but annoying experience. It's not like anything I've had. I don't think in my body before. It's similar, but there's some weirdness going on in my head. I've not had a temperature. I have not uh, had aches or pains. I have not had night sweats. I've not had trouble breathing. I'm very fortunate in all that, and I will thank the vaccine for those benefits of having this and not being too horribly compromised, though I am going crazy. I guess I'm going to do a straight up uh, 10-day lockdown quarantine for myself. Uh, I'm already what? So today's Sunday. I'm going to test this morning being Monday. We'll see how that goes. I do want to try to make my shows to this weekend, but I can't really do that unless I... uh, get a negative test. So it's very, it's stressful for me because I don't want to, the timing of this is not appropriate. I'm mad that I got it and I can't, uh, I can't quite shake that anger. Even though millions of people have gotten it, triple vaxxed people, vaxxed people, I still somehow think it picked me. And uh, that's just the way my fucking brain works. I'm learning a lot about my brain over this weird week of, uh, of true quarantine. Uh, Let me get into this for a second. Peter Dinklage is here on the show. And uh, most of you, I don't know, everyone knows him. He's in this new uh, Cyrano movie, which he did as a stage musical that was written and directed by his wife, Erica Schmidt. And he's here to talk about that and other things. Yeah, I've been busy during this uh, quarantine. I've been building things. I put a smoker together. Some company sent me a smoker. It's, uh, it's pressuring me. Oklahoma Joe sent me a Bronco. I mean, they didn't pay for that plug, but I'm excited about it. They asked me if I wanted one. I said, yeah, but now I'm going to have to up my game. No more Traeger. Well, I'll have the Traeger to do that Traeger cooking. That's just a pellet grill. It's basically a convection oven run on smoke from wood pellets that you, 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 can, you don't have to manage Really, it's got, you know, it's got a temperature. It's, it's, it's hooked up to the Wi-Fi. This fucking smoker is a real smoker. So now I've got to figure out how to do that. I've got to season the thing with coals, and I've got to figure out how to work those vents and do that thing. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to start with. I don't know when I'm going to start. I can't leave the house, so it's not immediately. But uh, I'm excited about it, and I put it all together calmly, focused. Yes, I did it. I also watched both versions of West Side Story. I watched the new West Side Story because I got a screener of it. And uh, it's spectacular. And I don't remember the old one. When I watched the new one, I knew a lot of the songs just because they're kind of in your genetic uh, makeup. Somehow, if you lived a certain life, I don't know which life it is, but I, I would say that a lot of people who listen to this probably know at least four or five of the songs from West Side Story without remembering whether or not they actually saw the movie. I believe I saw it when I was a young kid, but the new one's just great. And uh, I watched them. I did sort of a side-by-side thing to see what Spielberg brought to it uh, and what Tony Kushner brought to it as the writer, reworking that story or adding to the story or 
or deepening the story by infusing uh, a class element uh, into it and also a race element into it uh, that that was sort of broader and deeper than the one that was in the original. And obviously in the new one, no brown face. But the, the interesting, one of the interesting decisions, uh, I guess, I don't know who made it, was that a lot of the new one is actually in Spanish and there's no subtitles. So uh, deal with it, white people. But Kushner's script is outstanding and the way Spielberg shot it was you know, beyond uh, masterful because no easy trick to do a musical. And the original one was so spectacular. It's fucking colors. Anyways, highly recommend it. These are my uh, COVID quarantine movie reviews. I still, I got through about 15, 14 minutes of the new Macbeth. Uh, I'll go back, but I, I just, I can't focus, man. I can't follow it. I mean, I get what's happening in the story, but I'm missing most of it because I'm just lost. And that's just me. And no matter how many of you tell me I got to hang in there, I don't know. Denzel seems great in the first 10 minutes. That's my review of Macbeth. Look, if a, if if Cohen wants to come on, who is it, Ethan or Joel? Joel. If he wants to come on, I'll watch the whole thing and I'll memorize part of it. If that Cohen brother wants to come on, talk about it. Or his uh his partner Francis McDormand. Yeah, I I'll 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 do I'll memorize it. I'll memorize parts of it. I'll memorize the the speech. Right, the famous speech. There's got to be one. I'll memorize it, and I'll assess it deeply. So I didn't get through that one. Been practicing guitar. I've been uh, cooking and uh, monitoring my health, taking my temperature, checking my oxygen. Have had no fever. Have had no aches. Have had no pains. But the dreams have been crazy. I woke up in a panic a couple of times. I'm just going to bed early, and I usually wake up around 3 or 4, and it takes me about a half hour, 45 minutes to get to sleep, just spiraling. And then I started thinking about, like, I was just in a dream, and I woke up in a panic because I couldn't, you know, I didn't think I could save somebody from underwater. And, you know, I was screaming, but it was underwater. And then I realized that, you know, when you when you scream or talk in a dream out into the real world, it's just... Uh, it's muted and garbled and, and it doesn't make sense and, and you, you feel like you're being held back when you realize that. When you wake up to the sound of your own voice crying for help in a dream, it's just this horrible... And it's, uh, it's a horrible feeling. It was horrible what was going on in the dream, but then realizing that there was no one in the room anyways that was going to help me. But then waking up to that, to that noise and realizing that Sammy and Buster, Smushy and Booster were on the bed and you know, that must have caused them some aggravation, but they weren't going to help me. The being aloneness uh, is, is sort of amplified here. And for some reason, outside of dreaming, I tend to, to wake up and start going over my life, going over my life in the middle of the night as people... I know pass away and as I sort of seemingly successfully fight a, an illness that has been terrifying to all of us for two years, you know, obviously there's been a shift and a change and a different strain and a vaccine and medicines available and, you know, that panic is has lessened, but, you, you know, there is the residual trauma effect of the terror of 
the last couple of years and also the recent deaths of people I know. I think the idea of sleeping scares me to some degree. But the dream, man, I had this dream and it was like I was at some sort of party or a house or whatever. And I think it was Timothy Chalamet. And like, you know, they were, there was this sort of a room. It was like a sauna, but it had this plunge pool. But the plunge was like 20 feet and it was very narrow, but it was tiled and it was water. You know, but you kind of fall down this hole into this tiled plunge pool, I guess. And Chalamet's like all fucked up or high on something. And I think he said to me, I said, he said, I wish somebody could weigh me now with all the experiences I'm having now. Weird, right? And then he kind of fell into this, this plunging pool and he hit his head once on the outside, once going down and he went down into the water and there was blood coming out of his head and he was down at the bottom under the water he wasn't moving. He wasn't coming up. And I went down into the water, but I didn't have the room and I was getting claustrophobic. And it was like, I got scared for myself. Could I get out? And like, I couldn't move my arms and I couldn't grab him and pull him up successfully. And I was <laughs> awake. Terrible. I'm sorry, Timothy. I'm sorry, man. I hope you're okay. It didn't look good. It didn't look good from where I was sitting in the dream. I tried, though. I tried to get in there. And I woke up. Sorry, man. So, listen. If uh, if this was helpful, press one. <laughs> I don't know. That's what's been going on. You know, I, I've been very panicky. And I just, uh, I, I feel okay. But uh, I don't feel perfect. And I, I imagine I'll get through this. Today is a week. Um, so Peter Dinklage, uh, I was very excited to meet him. Cyrano, his new film, will get wide release in theaters beginning February 25th. Peter is nominated for the Critics' Choice Award for Best Actor. This is me talking to him here in the studio garage. Sadly be honest with you i um i did not watch the game of thrones but i tried to cram it yesterday and it's really too much <laughs> there's I, the weird thing is there's more than 24 hours of game of thrones there is you can't no you, you can't cram it in a day yeah, you can't like you would to. think i don't know maybe how many hours can you cram you? i love lucy in a day maybe i don't know what you can it's cram a half hour so that would mean like 50 i'm bad at math so 50 some odd episodes there's more than 50 it's so funny i can't cramming anything's a bad idea cramming any like i uh <laughs> like i was looking at your the physically stuff. cramming yeah. something in i like crammed a, sometimes it's a good thing though. yeah 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 if you like i crammed a, an in, in and out burger a double double <laughs> into my face yesterday on the road and it wasn't a good thing but it was great while you were driving no i didn't oh. i didn't i was uh, my brother-in-law has a funny story about cramming a uh, big and tasty which I think is a fast food joint somewhere. Yeah. I think maybe Pacific Northwest. And, right. Um, I'm not going to embarrass him any further. That's right. Oh, okay. he, there was no restroom. Let's leave it at that. Oh. So the Big and Tasty Ooh. Cup became the Big, big wow. and Tasty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he's... Well, we don't he, have to go into too much detail, but something went in there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of a cute story, or it's really like a nasty story. It's, it's not a good... It's, not, <laughs> it's neither. 
<laughs> You're not recording yet. Sure, I am. Oh shit! But yeah, cramming because I was reading, I was re- looking at the, some of the stuff on you, and and I realized you did Don't some that. some Narnia movie, you know. And Ooh. I was like, no, no, I tried to cram. cram. I was, you tried to cram in the. I when I was a kid, the Christianity. We, no, we were assigned. You know, we were through an entire year. We were reading. All the books in Narnia, and I read none you went of to them. a Christian school. No, oh. it wasn't. It was just a. It was actually kind of a you know progressive school, but I think it was before anybody was really associating <laughs> it with specific Christianity. Yeah, I don't know why it was assigned, but I would. I know I was supposed to yeah, read them all. I wonder if that was tacked on later. Well, no, I mean he is a Christian. I read his book on grief. I mean he, right? You know he's unabashed. But if it and, was exaggerated later on by the people, maybe. Sort of... I, but I don't think. I think he was uh, of the you know. Okay, Christian ilk. You know, they've they got kind of a bad rap now, but I think he's old school. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know when we did it, I didn't it didn't feel Christian until uh Yeah, I think it's metaphorical, but it's in there. But the point I didn't was, feel very Christian making that movie. Well that's good. Do you ever feel Christian making movies? In well, general? I was I was under a lot of prosthetics and, and, and working working <laughs> yeah. with young people and yeah. uh, Remember at one point they divided up between the actors and the creatures, and apparently I was one of the creatures. Uh-huh. But all of us actors were playing creatures, right? So it was sort of a class system on uh, that set. Uh, Wouldn't fly today, I don't think. Really? I don't know. I'm not. You had the class system between actors and creatures. I was a creature. So, they, so there was no reason to be Christian. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> creatures shouldn't have religion in general well part of the reason it was invented there's going to be a problem when they do when they finally find it well it's you know with technology so yeah but anyways i tried to cram all of them in a day that was the point don't get too far from the mic or take it with you if you're gonna i can't lean back i can't relax no you can pull it back the the, the thing moves this is gonna good yeah it goes right with you excuse me oh yeah see that look at that no one gets that either I don't know why I knew you would. No, they. I'm just sort of like, just move it to your face, and they're like, what? what? Look at the structure of the boom. It's designed to move around right. every way you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a that was another cramming story. So you're from Jersey, originally. Yeah. I Me mean, too. I yeah. Like to, I like to do the Jersey. Bonding. I didn't do my research on you. That's right. I was. I'm genetically Jersey, which is something uh, people have heard me say forever. Both of my parents are from Jersey. My grandparents are from but Jersey. You're not. From I was born in Jersey. You were born in Jersey. I was when lived did you the leave? first six years of my life in Jersey. There you go. I always went back to Jersey. Okay. Jersey. How part do you of me. pronounce S A U C E? S A U C E. What do you put on pasta? Tomato? What? Oh, uh, quickly without thinking. Sock. <laughs> you put tomato socks. Oh, so oh, sauce. 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 Why? Okay. What do you say? No, if you know, if I'm tired, I'll say sauce. Sauce. No, I don't. I don't. I didn't come out with a, a bad jersey because well, we're educated now. We we lifted. Maybe. I don't maybe, know. but I wouldn't know if no, I did. No, we weren't educated. We were made fun of. I went to school in Vermont, college in Vermont. Oh, that's where that is. My friends from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, who apparently they have the perfect American dialect up there. There's no dialect. in Vermont. No, in the Pacific Northwest. Is My friends true? from there, yeah, a couple of very smart friends. Uh, they just said, that, and they made fun of me for saying sauce, sauce, and coffee. So uh, coffee, yeah. I, I, I those I, are the two that that I've, I've been, I've been Tomato? ridiculed. Out. Tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> more like Sinatra. Look at them tomatoes. Look at those tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, they have. It was mocked out of me. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't think I ever really had it because I moved to I moved away when I was you know seven seven or eight years old. I grew up in New Mexico, but Jersey is a uh, I love Jersey. I've grown to love it. I don't go back much, but I, I it used to be the brunt of a joke, and then you realize like there's nothing wrong with New Jersey. It's a great state. 
Yeah, it depends on. There's some people. There's some. <laughs> there's some people. With, Come on. Who are wrong in New Jersey? And there's, there's people wrong like people everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. And people are garbage. I might be one of those people. Well, you're going to be wrong some days. What yeah. part of New Jersey? North New Jersey. I was born at the shore. Yeah. And the school system like, yeah, back I, in the '60s wasn't very good back then. Yeah. So my mom moved us north. Yeah, that's where I'm from, Pompton Lakes. That's where my roots are, Pompton Lakes, New Jersey, Passaic County. Yeah, yeah, Morris County. Yeah, it's pretty though. You don't think it's it pretty? is? A lot of parks. Are you, is your mom still there? My mom's still in the, there in the house I grew up in. Yeah. So you go back to Jersey? Sometimes, yeah. And you live in New not, York? Not, not, enough, not far. Not enough, according to my mom. Oh, really? Yeah. But you're not far from Jersey. I don't. Um, know. I can't. Well, I'm, I'm Brooklyn. Know. So I'm yeah. sort of. I sort of say, Mom, why don't you just come to Brooklyn? Because <laughs> you're you're by yourself <laughs> and now. Does she it's come? Easy for you to get in the car. Yeah. I got the dogs and the kids, yeah. and it's a little bit of a uh, event. Yeah, sometimes. So she thinks, though, she thinks it's not New York. When I lived in Manhattan, she's like, "This is New York City." <laughs> she doesn't get crossing two two rivers to get. I gotta be honest with is you. Is it still New York? I yeah. don't think it is. Yeah, she misses when I lived in the West Village. And right. That's well, yeah, it's exciting that's coming from Jersey to the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn is just sort of like it's a bunch of buildings. It's like Jersey again. Yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like the other side. It's like the coast. Of, it's like Newark. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> Yeah, they don't can't tell it. It's like going to Long Island. Long Island's Long Island. It's not New York right. City. It's not New York City. Yeah, no. There's no skyline. New York City's New York City. You lived in the West Village? <laughs> yeah, and um, Chelsea and oh, yeah. all over. Wait, how old are you? Are you? 52. Okay, so yeah. I'm 58. So we're kind of similar. But we never crossed paths. No, that's weird. Yeah. I was in New York in like 89, yeah. 90, uh, 91, 92. Two, I went away for a year and then back 95 through 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Never saw you. Yeah, you would, you'd remember if you saw me. I would. No. <laughs> um, no, I was just, uh, I was just staying out too late back then. That was it? That was it. Just, just not, just not doing much, but staying out too late, smoking too many cigarettes and, uh, not really, uh, knowing what I wanted to do. thought I was a writer. A writer? Is yeah. that how, what did you start? A writer? You didn't have to respond like that. Like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, who, everyone thinks they're a writer for a while. Everyone thought I was a writer? No, everyone thinks they are. <laughs> People in the arts, you know, at some point go through the writer stage. You have right. to land on something. Like, I, like, what was your first passion? Writing. Really? When you were a kid? Yeah. And I, what, think so. I think so. I think I, I think I was like guitar and, uh, and, uh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So, but like, but I can take it as a hobby. Right. Writing Don't, is a hobby, right? Kind of. Kind of. But you, you want to, I think when you're an artist, though, or you are aspiring to be an artist, you want to be recognized for your shit. Do people, uh, it, does it need an audience? Does it, do, if that's the question, if you write and nobody reads it, are you a writer? If you play your guitar just for well, you. Well, I'm just asking, what was your intent? I mean, when you saw yourself as a writer, didn't you want right. people to read it? <laughs> Not really, because <laughs> it wasn't very good. Did you write in high school? I did. Yeah. You know, you start smoking weed, and you, yeah. and you read Charles Bukowski like everybody else, and Sam oh, Shepard yeah. sure. as a yeah. straight 16-year-old. Yeah. You know, if you're not into the musicals at that age, or into the darker stuff. Yeah. The dark arts of... Um, and then you start drinking. Yeah, you yeah. know, and you, and you really... You're tortured. Yeah, yeah of you, course. And you have to write about you're, it. Yeah, or yeah, you're playing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I did that. I, when did you start? Did you smoke cigarettes? You smoke cigarettes. Yeah, you stole to? them from my dad's ashtray. Yeah, down in the basement. He used to smoke in the basement. Go down there. What did he smoke? What kind? Um, well, he was uh, um, shit. That's a good question. I was Camel Lights for thirty. Camel years, Lights thirty. 30. Years. 
Yeah, some 16 Shit. to... Shit, me too. Whatever, man, 40. I switched up a lot, though. Always camel lights. I was like fit from 14, 15 years old to like 39, probably, 35. Yeah. No, 35. Yeah. Oh, that's not as long as you, actually. My, When your wife quits, you quit. You quit. Because you're kissing an ashtray. Was it tough? Mm -hmm. I was on nicotine lozenges for oh, over a decade. Stuff. No, it's oh. weird to see people smoking now, though, because a lot of people still do it. Not as much as when we were. It is weird. When they're older and you're like, come on. Yeah. yeah I mean, enough. It just, it enough. just isn't good. It yeah. smells. You just don't. It's a not. It's you don't ever think that you could have done that. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. And when, when that's all it was. I know. I, I when I smell it, I still enjoy the smell and stuff. But yeah. I know when I see people my age smoking, I'm like, "There's nothing good there, man." No, and it never ends. No, there's no there's no end to it until you stop it. But then they just are pickled and they'll outlive us. Nah, that's not true. Really? No, man. They drop dead of heart attacks that's, and cancer. But, and I think it's I think it's I think are, DNA. Sure, think, a lot of it. I think most of it is DNA. I don't know. Isn't I don't, it? I don't know. What you we're type given. Is it? I I, I, I think I, a lot of it. You see a ninety-five-year-old chain smoking yeah, his whole the, life. How do you explain that? The, the, you know that example. I think is you know I, I'd really like some numbers on those things. <laughs> <laughs> I would like. I'm sure there are. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure yeah, the doctors. I've heard have that it. story. You know, there's always the example <laughs> right. of the guy. But right. yeah, maybe he had good genes. Maybe he got lucky. But that doesn't mean anything. You just happened to catch him. Smoking that one cigarette a week, and it's you just, think you know, he's always smoking. You, you know, you're processing toxins. <laughs> you know what? You know what's your body? What's it made out of? You know what I mean? How? How? You know? How much can it take? Is what it comes down to. So you're, you're Bukowskiing in high school, right? And then you get really into it in college. Where'd you go to school? Where in Vermont? Bennington, Vermont. I feel like I've, I know that school. Bennington is known for writers. Um, Donna right. Tart. There's actually a podcast I think going on now about the times at Bennington during the oh that's right there Reddy Stanellis, yes, Donna yeah. Tart yeah yeah um, I just saw John an article Lethem. about that yeah. yeah apparently there's I haven't listened was that to your it. oh John Reddy Stanellis right he's he's yeah. older than he's, he's like he, my he graduated while I was coming in as a freshman so I just missed that sort of wave of hipster eighties writers. What did you do in, like, in, in high school? What did you do for jobs? High school? Yeah. Uh, mowed lawns and stuff. Worked in a library. They oh, thought, yeah? They thought I was homeless all the time. <laughs> they kept coming in and tried to kick me out, and I said, I work here. And there was this one older lady who hired me. I don't think she told anybody. Um, because I dressed in, like, uh, capes. Yeah. I had, like, velvet capes. You, I was that really? kind of teenager, yeah. I didn't do the goth black eyeliner. I love the cure, but I didn't go makeup, but I did the- Velvet uh, capes. Black velvet capes, you uh -huh. know. Uh-huh. Combat boots and that, that type of thing. Really? Yeah. You know, you pre-rip the, the pant, the pant knees. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Black, black, black jeans. No, green, uh, like camel, but green, but black tights. Oh, okay. Because I was kind of shy. I didn't want to show the knee, the real. So I had, had black tights. Yeah, under, black tights under your very ripped jeans. Very uh, with your fantasy trans sort of look. I don't know what I was going for. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that must have been a sight. I did. You got I pictures? Did. Any top hats in your past? Not or? top hats. I wore a beret for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't go through a beret phase. It was I've, the 80s. I, I, Early I did, 80s. Berets I, were I, in. I didn't, I didn't cut. You know what I went through? I had an Afghani wool hat. Like it, that, you know, you'd recognize them. They were selling them right. on the street in New York a lot. Right. They had like, they were, they, it was wool. <clears throat> right. And it looked like it, you folded the it flaps. up. Yeah. The Confederacy of Dunces. Not quite flaps. Thing. No, it, it was no. sort of like, uh, <clears throat> it, it was... It, it looked like you could unroll it, but it was rolled up and it was a cap. 
Okay. But it was definitely Afghan okay. war no. surplus. It was a Mujahideen <gasps> hat. <laughs> Is what it was. And right. I, I loved it. I, I wore hats like that. Yeah. Noah Perez. I've got a really big head, so when I find my hat, it stays for a while. Yeah. Because I, I rare is the hat that fits me. Do you um, play instrument? I don't. I used to play trumpet, but my brother's a violinist. Oh, yeah? And my mom is a Still? piano player. Oh, yeah. He's the concertmaster at Hamilton. Hamilton, New York? Hamilton, the Broadway Oh, oh, show. the show. Oh, really? Yeah, he's been doing that for a long time. So he's now, in yeah. show business too. Lofty. The lofty part of show business. The the high end. The pit. If the yes. pit is, is, is high. It is high. That's, is. Uh, yeah, that's no, some high-minded stuff because like, if he's not in the pit, mm-hmm. he can do some shit that nobody understands, but everybody respects. Exactly. <laughs> and you can... Uh, <laughs> that guy's good. You know virtuosity. You don't have to wear costumes. Is he amazing? Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, older, he's, younger, older. He's been doing it since he was six years old, and just he's never had a real job. He just his violin has paid paid for everything. Prodigy, way. I think so. Mm. Not Juilliard, sort of that sort of. Yeah, he, you know, he was a prog rock head. So as soon as if you play electric, a violin, yeah, those guys can told you you can plug it in. Then he immediately got like a transducer and got all <laughs> into play. You know, because prog rock's all about that stuff. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. So that was his Growing up jam. That was, was the. It was all yes and UK and crimson, all those, crimson and all that stuff. Rush, Rush. He t- went on tour with Rush. <laughs> he did. He did. Doing he, what? Playing violin. That's a lot of guys in the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. hard to find a, a lady in the Rush audience. No, ladies have been convinced by Rush guys to come occasionally. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They do not sing about love and loss they did a documentary and they've addressed that kind yeah. of yeah, yeah they're yeah. great they're amazing Wait, what'd your brother do he played, played violin him? yeah really he had a violin electric violin solo what's his name thing. jonathan dinklage wow it was great they toured all yeah he's so happy he was so happy but you know neil they lost neil so i don't think they're uh yeah going back on yet. so so what'd you do you sang in the in the art rock mess general mm, the no. theater art rock mess no, no i i uh i got into the acting oh okay yeah. So that was at Bennington. Yeah, acting and the writing, and then you get go to New York, and then you start just. But did you take uh, classes at Bennington? Uh-huh. Oh, you did. What did you major? It was, it was college. You know, you take classes. I get it, man. But like, <laughs> yeah, but some people don't study acting. They're just no, sort of like they just not, do I don't, it. I no, I know, and I that's I we had a couple of really good teachers. Yeah, but I don't get it. I really didn't get it. I was tired. I, there's a lot of people that sign up for acting class just because yeah. they're lazy and they think. I don't know what they're, they're not going to ever do anything with it because yeah. they're terrible or right. they're not serious about it and they just are just sitting there and giggling or whatever it is. Yeah. Just, they don't put it together. And uh, um, You so put it together? I was trying to. You Like when you when do, when you realize like I like to act. You just find your, I'd say the, you know, the tribe. Yes. You've done a number sure. of independent films. It's that feeling of yeah. just a, a head, getting a head start on the tribe that you will work with. Yeah. Like the great films you've done and I've tried to do. It's sort of, you find those people early on. Yeah. And I'm still really close friends with those guys from college and ladies. And Are they still in the biz? Some of them. Yeah. Um, and those are, you know, we're, we, we're nothing without each other. So really, that's what happens. They're your friends. Yeah. Huh. I mean, yeah. And we continue to work together. Did you? Everybody has that Steppenwolf idea. In America. Oh, you tried to start a, a. You know, everybody thinks if you're in the theater, you just look at the template that Steppenwolf did. Malcolm oh, yeah. and Sinise yeah. and Laurie Metcalf and all those, those, those I've guys. I've talked to did. Laurie yeah. about the beginning of that. But yeah. Every, that, everybody looks at that and goes, well, I want to do that. So you tried to put a. 
a, a crew together? You do. You do it without even know you're doing it. But and did you do it like in New York? Yeah, I, 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 me and my buddy Ian, the guy who made fun of my accent. Um, yeah. We rented, we made a theater in Williamsburg, yeah. down on, um, right under the Williamsburg Bridge, and we tried to do that, and it just fell apart because we didn't have any heat. And it's the, rough, the right? The landlord threatened to kill a friend of mine, and really, yeah. We what got, kind of what kind of productions were you doing? Well, we were all just like drinking too much too, so we couldn't put it together. So we had like late. <laughs> so you never got a production up? No, never. We did some but, poetry readings, but you had a space. Some bands played. Okay, we we drank a lot uh-huh um and then we lost our minds uh-huh and, and left then walked away that was it that was it so you really because we're not busy we're not we don't have any business yeah, but you didn't you and didn't. nobody who has a business sense would live in the in the in the environment in which we were but you never even got a show up no <laughs> like i've talked to a lot Steppenwolf of people have had true west we had um nothing have you ever done that play no but it's sort of the dream and the, yeah that's a good one it's like it's like hamlet it's it's one of those like really well that's i mean that malkovich true west is the reason a lot of guys my age got are, into it are into it did you see it at the cherry lane no but i saw that american playhouse videotape oh okay you know. yeah yeah that was oh, who was but friends of mine like ethan and hawk yeah. and paul dano did it ethan hawk and paul dano did true Us together On broadway a couple years ago yeah was that the one where they were rotating people, or did they switch roles? No, that was uh, Phil, Phil Hoffman Phil, 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 and, and John C. Riley. Yeah, huh. it's just a play that everybody. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's rock and roll. It's definitely rock and roll. Yeah. You know what the best part of that play is? The toast. Yeah, eating the toast. <laughs> What's well, smelling the toast? Yeah, because the whole theater starts to smell like I know. toast. Everybody, and since you're most people are elderly, isn't that what you smell right before you have a heart attack? Yeah, so there's a lot of panic. Yeah. Panic in the room. <laughs> stroke is, is it happening. stroke or heart attack? One of them. The reason but I That's ask, not a bad thing to smell right before you die. No, it's not. It's nice. It's a it's, gift. It's a gift. It yeah. is a gift. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I ask is that, like, I think, who would I talk to? Like, a lot of people start these troops. Like, I talked to David Harbour, yeah. and I think he put together a crew, too. But yeah. they did some shit. But I, I like the, the idea that you guys put well, it together. Well, la da Mr. Harbour. And, it, 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 and you didn't get anything done. I like that. You're no. just too fucked up to get any he must have had a, a business account guy no no yeah I, I don't know that they made any money but they they got a play up <laughs> do you know what i mean I, I don't know if they were expecting much they had somebody rip tickets in half yeah we, we didn't yeah. have that yeah we so so that. what happens after that what happens after the the what was the name of the company did you at least name the troop giant <laughs> Giant theater company. So we had R.I.P. Yeah, we yeah R.I.P. Giant. <laughs> yeah, you know our heart was in the right place. Yeah, how many people were involved in the failure? Just the two of them. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. You, didn't even, you hadn't even <laughs> casted the bunch no. yet. No, no. We had we, and we had to. We found a roommate, our friend. Oh, shit. Our I like friend, that you still. Hila's brother. I like the, I like that you still consider it a, a, a theater <laughs> group. A thing that happened. People came to it. The nothing. There was nothing to see, but people hung out. Well, you just, you just. There like, was always people hanging out. Oh, you had a couple events at the space. Was, Is was, that what uh, you're telling me? It was. It felt like Andy Warhol's factory, mm. but nothing like it at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah people there to hang out. Yeah. Drink. And what? Is there yeah. anybody doing anything? No. Do you have any comedy there? There was some comedy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what happens Surprise, after that? We could have called. You could have probably made. I it. popped in. Yeah, I heard. Put us on the map. Sure, man. Yeah, I wasn't on the map though. Hey, I hear there's <laughs> well, a. You, you could have done something. Giants doing a show. <laughs> They're doing comics. Hey. Yeah. Open night. Yeah. Open, open night mic. at Giant. Open mic at Giant. <laughs> Where is it? It's under the under bridge. the Williamsburg Bridge. I'm good. 
Yeah, well, go. It, it rattled so much that you couldn't really hear Come a, a production of it. Seriously? It did, yeah. It's like, where's this yeah. fucking movie? Yeah, I know. It's really, we should go back there. What What happens after that? <laughs> My cough isn't COVID, don't worry. All right. Um, um, I paid the bills. I'm a survivor. I, yeah? I got jobs. Acting? Uh, no. Oh. No, because fuck acting when I was young. I just yeah. didn't, I didn't want to be a part of it. Because, because I just, because... I knew what it meant, and I just didn't like that. And and we what when, it meant when, for you or in general? Yeah, I was just coming off the, yeah. the 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 financial crisis of Giant. Yeah, you know. Yeah, sure. The loss, sure. the yeah. economic loss. Yeah. Of Giant. Devastating. Devastating. <laughs> Hard times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. It was like so much put in, so, so little. So much put in. Yeah. So I thought this is not for me. Yeah. So I worked in offices and did all sorts of things. Um, How's it come back around? I I don't know. You don't. <laughs> did you have a rep? Did you have somebody? No, not for who pulled you back in. After... I did bootstraps. Yeah, I went. Um, I read for this guy. Somebody. Oh, Kevin Corrigan. Oh yeah, he he was friends of a friend, a writer friend uh -huh. of mine, and he he said, uh, "Hey, the, we made this movie. You want? You should come and read for the director, yeah. Tom DeChillo, and was living in oblivion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie. I remember. Yeah." They had done like a short film version of that, and then they were making it. So they, so I just, I read for Tom DeChillo, and he gave me the part. But then, you know, you get, you do that movie, and it's great, and people see it, and then you go back to doing regular jobs. And I thought you, you didn't know, get any, an agent or anything. No. So you did that. I didn't want an agent. Yeah, I didn't Is want he... any of that stuff. I think it's all on me. I could have done something earlier. What was the apprehension? Um, lack of control. Yeah. Just being told where to go, yeah. what to say, and right. it's just stupid shit for people, right. for someone my size. Oh, you were concerned that uh, you'd be typecasted, probably. But sure. I wasn't. But I think even if I was six foot two, I yeah. wouldn't. I didn't really. I wasn't. It was just humiliating. And acting, I didn't, acting and in general, going out. Yeah, and, yeah no, I yeah. get it. I get but, it. But and yeah. I also have still think ambition is ugly. I'm trying to come to terms with ambition, and I think you need ambition. I agree. That's true. But for some reason, for me. Yeah, maybe I'm older. And I just ambition. I never. I always thought it was ugly. And you and there are people. I didn't. The, the trust levels were people like that. Or Look, low, man. Or, I mean, some people I see it sometimes, and it's like, for what? For a part? What? What are you doing? Well, what sometimes you? that's all people have. You know that the I weird know. thing is, is that you know that type of focus and this idea that you know if you work hard, you get the stuff, mm -hmm. and also that like you know what it's really about is. Uh, you know, winning is right. that, you know, there's that, that is a school of thought now. Yeah. And, and what, especially people, not to be that guy, but here in LA, it's, yeah, but ambition is not a point of view, but it is something that will get you, uh, to a point. You know what I mean? There is plenty of people that lack, have an insane lack of talent, right. but are fueled by ambition right. that, uh, do okay. I know. I like the, 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 formula perseverance plus talent equals luck <laughs> yeah that's it that's a good one but it's not a, it's not ambition it's sort of like just i don't well you i think you know that there's a fine line between passion and right and ambition and also like there, yeah at some point in your head you realize if if you want to do the thing that you don't really have a choice in it and you're going to be found out yeah. if you're ambitious just for yourself and you're not about uh, you're going to be found out. You're not, yeah, maybe. You're not going to be around. 
Maybe, maybe like you know, it's it's one of the big problems. Like yeah. there there are people that are very good at socializing, right? And the the ambitious people are the ones that know all the fucking things to do right. to get you into the place you want to be. Whereas right. people that are broken and fucking self hating and in extraordinarily talented, they're they're more likely to do themselves in one way or the other. Right. Yeah. So if you can persevere from that, out of that hole, then yeah. you're truly gifted. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Without any ambition, you're gifted and you're going to have to accept it. Well, yeah, there's also like that <laughs> stupid, like you're hiding bef- behind some false humility that's, you know, like ambition, it's ugly. But, you know, if you're like, if you have any success, you, you, I guess you've had some sort of ambition to well, you be, no, but I know, but I think what work. you said before is it's persistence. Yeah, and you want to work, yeah, sure. Yeah. And you, and you, but I love yeah. work, and work is what we do. Work is life, and life is work intertwined with what we do. And so it's hard to delineate ambition in your life being ugly and and being, right. But I think what you said wanting is true. something in your work because it's so they're so intertwined. Well, but I think what you said is true. Is that the 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 scary part about the job is that you're put in a position to take opportunities that you really don't want because someone is either. Um, you know, talked you into it, or or you're desperate. So you, you know, there's, you know, that's a big fear, right? Uh, Especially with actors, because you're yeah. you're really told what to do, yeah. where to stand, and what to eat, and what to wear, and it's just the older you get, you just realize that's why a lot of actors become producers, or they become, or they direct, or they right. just, or they Gene Hackman, it, and they just leave it because they don't want to get up at four a.m. at a hundred. I mean, it's not like he walked away at the, in the prime of his fucking career. <laughs> but he would come back, though. Yeah, sure. A lot of actors retire, and then four years later, wait, I thought you were retired. He's in his 90s. I know, but He's you done. haven't heard from him. I, yeah, I hear f- about him. Do he, you? Does he call you? No, but I grew up in New Mexico, and he's oh. up in Santa Fe, so I just talked to somebody in Santa Fe. And Shirley McLean, she's around there. Yeah, yeah there's a few yeah. people up there, but yeah. I talked to my buddy's girlfriend. They live up there, yeah. and I asked, do you ever see Hackman? And she says, yeah, we were. I saw him you know, at the mobile home dealer, <laughs> and he got, he took the mobile home I wanted. I'm like, oh, well, oh that's shit. a good Hackman story. <laughs> His wife wanted the mobile home I wanted, and they got it, and then it turned out they <laughs> didn't was, like it. So there you go. He was checking out his stats on yeah. goldderby.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, <laughs> ambition. But you know, you you have somehow carved your own path. What happens after living oblivion? And then how soon before the station agent? Uh, almost ten years. Oh, Jesus. So yeah. after living in oblivion, you <laughs> actually lived in oblivion? Yeah, a little bit. No, I did odds and ends and yeah. did some indie, some friends made some indie movies that nobody saw and you get a couple hundred bucks there, here and there for doing those. And then, uh, um, yeah, living in um, station agent, Tom McCarthy. McCarthy, yeah, I've yeah. talked to him. Yeah, he's great. He's a good friend. Smart guy. Very smart. Um yeah, he wrote it with a couple actors of mine, and we just did it, and didn't think anybody. Again, he, Tom knew that he that he was on to something, um, but just living in that small, uh, you know, box of not seeing the bigger world out yeah. there of what you're working on, right? And perhaps like in a theater sense of it all, sure. You just do readings in people's living rooms, and then it was at Sundance and suddenly everybody was laughing. Yeah. I'd, I'd, you know, you're so in, immersed in it, you didn't realize it was even funny yeah. until you get an audience in there. And that was that was when I knew that it was going to be somewhat popular. How much of your energy, though, early on went 
you know, into like how much do you think this non-ambition thing and also the desire for control thing, mm-hmm. you know, ha- was driven by not being, you know, not wanting to be typecast, you know, in, you know, classical dwarf roles. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, of course. I probably a hundred percent, but yeah. that guy at that time wouldn't admit to that. Right, right, you know, oh, right. Me at twenty four would never admit to that. Cause you were just mad, probably. Just, yeah. just, well, just thinking. Um, there's something else. Right, right, right. Not, right. not even uh, um, embracing that reality. Right. Trying to distance myself from that because that's not even something I would even dare to even consider. No. What playing a leprechaun or something? No, 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 no. But I mean, like, oh, I thought you the, meant a that. realm that I that just was like not. I would, but early on, you, 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 I thought you were saying you wouldn't, you know, own that disposition at that time. That that was the reason why you weren't. Yeah, oh. yes, that's what I meant. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But now, later, that's Looking obviously back the reality sure. of what it was. But living with that reality—that's an excuse. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's not it is. really. It is. I don't know. Is it? I, yeah. I mean, but but do you think like let's say you did it differently and you did you took all the leprechaun roles. And even a few TV commercials, you think you'd still be the same guy now? Talking to you, uh, I don't know. What is that? <laughs> well, I mean, it's the difference, I guess. That between... calls into question what every choice you make. Absolutely, the, the different paths of reality set. Well, I think something you. in your heart knows, like you know, when you've crossed a line or, or there's a line you don't want to cross. I mean, I think that. I mean, how what what just in general living with it what right. was your well, experience and how in how you judged yourself well there there are people in our line of work yeah. in the sh- business of show that would do anything to be around it like i've read articles about uh-huh. people who worked in the in the design shops and yeah. was like runners sure. on movie sets to yeah. give this actor his coffee and just to be around the energy of it mm. i wanted nothing to do with yeah. it you know because that just seemed that that would just make me even more sad about it all. It, back then, yeah, I don't know now, but um, I just so I would. Just I, take, I, I would assume that you st- probably still wouldn't want to get somebody coffee on set. No, that takes a certain personality. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, um, lovely personality yeah. that I don't have. Um, so I would just do anything else but work in the show business. And, right, yeah, right. I yeah. get it. Okay, I get it. Yeah. So you just kept it. This you kept it. This a distance. A, this angry dream. This angry distance from it all, and. Uh, <laughs> Waited until they were ready. <laughs> until they, they, the right, the right guy, they sent the right representative. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy, I had some winners. Yeah? Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't talk about that though, because they're still working, they're still, I they're still kicking? Yeah, and they're, they're lovely. It just wasn't the right fit, perhaps. I mean, I don't know a lot of the movies before The Station Agent, like uh, 13 Moons or... Alex Rockwell. Yeah. Incredible. Was it a good movie? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's hard to separate the the experience of the movie from the movie. I like I like having a great experience making a movie, and if nobody sees it, yeah, you know, what are you gonna do? But sometimes, <laughs> rarely, is the thing that you have a great experience and everybody sees it and loves it. But do you do? You, that's why everybody's doing TV now because you, you know you can everyone everybody see sees it. Yeah, or, or somehow if there's enough somehow. of it out there, eventually Jeez. they'll see it. I don't know why suddenly so much people have so much time on their hands to watch all this stuff. There's so much stuff. I yeah, it's impossible. But right. but it because does they can pause it. Yeah, and that also exists out there in the world, especially yeah. if you're part of a huge series like you were. That you know that that's never going to go away ever. Yeah. No, I don't. Like the, I'll, I might even watch it eventually, even though I pushed back against it with all of my heart. Why? I'm not a fantasy guy. Wow. 
Neither, well, neither was I. Neither am I. No, you are now. <laughs> I was. It's my gig. It was my job. It's just really good writing. Yeah. It's not really about fantasy. It's, well, mo- it's mostly people in a room talking. Well, that's what I hear. Occasionally, dragons. That's what I hear. But there, but then there it wasn't about the dragons. I get it, but <laughs> no, you don't because I you do. haven't seen it. No, I know, but I get what you're saying. I always get this that was on the, the street. argument. This people was the always argument. come up to me on the street. Oh, there's a whole thing. Yeah. There's a thing that people do on yeah. the street because you know I get recognized. Oh, they're like, I never watched it. Yeah, they love saying that. Yeah, it's like a badge of honor. Oh, or they'll they'll come up and they'll just. I'm go, the same with Marvel. Hey, I'm saying with Marvel. You were on Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. My son liked it. There you there's go. There's no there's no nothing. There's just they're uh-huh. they're just there to state their case. Yeah, state their case or or yeah, which you just did just yeah. But I, I mean, I watch your other movies. But, I mean, I'm proud of it. You're not a fantasy thing. I watch no. your movies. Yeah, I know. But I watch some of your movies too. But the, the point is, like, I'm not trying to make I'm a statement. No, I know. But I know it was a big deal. I'm actually oddly trying to be respectful and acknowledge that this if, was. If nobody watched Game of Thrones, would you check it out? No. If it was counterculture. The, part of the other reason. Such a no, 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 no. The, part of the other reason is the commitment. You know, like by the time, <laughs> by the time, like you know, I was. Everyone was like, "Let's, you know, you got to do this." I, I'm like, you know, what am I gonna? I gotta start this thing now, you know. So, like, what I are you doing tonight? I didn't watch The Wire you a, you until thing. like ten years after, and you watched all of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Like Breaking, right. Breaking Bad, I was, I was, I was watching that week to week. Oh man, so good. And then I watched it again. I caught up about three seasons. By the third season, I, I watched them all. I was, it's, it's, it's just like you're right. Maybe I need to make the time, but I'm the same way with with Marvel movies in terms of fantasy. But I know the Game of Thrones is of, of a different mind, and it's like, and, and it's amazing. I, I, I know that. I don't. It's up to you to, to decide that. I believe it's true, but I have not <laughs> watched it. But right. I hear you're great in it. <laughs> People seem to like that. Me <laughs> in got, it saying you, things. You got prizes. Saying lines. Got, I got some prizes. You got the prizes. Uh-huh. Um, no, it was, you know, I think they got mad at the show at the end. Everybody oh, right, got right, mad at right, it because right. they didn't want to say goodbye to it. Yeah, well, that happens. But now there's another you can't, one coming. You can't win. Is another one coming? Yeah, there's a prequel coming up. You in it? No. No, nobody, nobody attached to the originals in it. But there's there's another one because it made some money. HBO's back on it, which I have an I have an opinion about. Yeah, you know. Yeah, what is it? Just make something different. Make something. No, I think it's going to be a really good show because I know the director of the producer of it worked on our show. I think it's going to be really fucking good. That's good. But but they took a risk on our show. HBO did. Mm. It's all under all old all new leadership over there now. Yeah. They took a huge risk on our show and it was it was a slow start. But why don't they do that again? Right. What this isn't a risk. It's it's a proven thing that works. Well they're doing it with succession, I think. They they, did. Yeah. I mean that started out of nowhere, it seemed. Succession. Yeah, another great I love that show. I love it. I'm starting to go. Why am I watching these people? They're so, they're so. They're, but well, it's because of what you said. It's because yeah. of the language. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's dialect, it, dialogue, dialect, it's great. dialogue. It's dialogue. Well, you know, you can have the best idea for a show or a movie, and just show me the dialogue. That's sure, how, you know, is that how you choose most things? You got to read the dialogue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, how do you? What? But I knew Dave and Dan. I knew especially Benioff. One of the writers for Game of Thrones. Yeah. I knew how good of a writer he was. Yeah. I wasn't familiar with Dan's writing yet. Yeah. 
Benioff was an incredible writer. But he did a funny turn in Elf. That was a good. That was funny. Yeah, I do, I, I always like the funny. And, I, and the station I try agent, and go the to station the funny. agent was great. Oh, I always try and go for the funny. Do you? Yeah, I'm not very being very funny right now because I've been talking to, about myself in this movie for two weeks. We haven't even talked about the movie yet. Maybe we maybe we won't have to. Maybe this is the interview I do where we don't have to talk about them. You're well, not a plug show. We don't, you know. No, I, I build it around the plug. This like, is, yeah. When does this air? In like six six months? No, we'll do it. it yeah, that's how you, you what, got how do, on do they air? What is pod? You just press a button no, and they're suddenly is, on the internet? I, this is just how I get people to come to my house. <laughs> There's no airing. It's got this weird reputation. I don't, you don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't do podcasts. Yeah. I still don't know what they are. It's like a radio you, show. People, you know what it is. Yeah, people watch it. I no, but have people said that before? Like, I don't, what, don't, what is a podcast? Well, they don't say quite say what is it anymore unless they're 90. <laughs> well, that's but even that. But you're asking me the reason why it's not a plug show is that, well, I wouldn't have been able to get you to come here without the, yeah, being the here. premise right. being you're promoting a movie. But I don't usually do full plug movie. But I did watch the movie. But I want to talk about the station agent for a second because that seemed to be the big turning point. Plug the Blu-ray re-release of the station agent. But McCarthy <laughs> seemed to understand something that broadened your capacity, you know, as an actor and as a public person, right? I mean, he innately knew that. Well, yeah, I mean, I because we knew each other. Yeah. Um. At, by the by that point, by the time we filmed, we were good friends. So I think that's such a head start on everything. And you know, movie making is weird when you when you're not familiar and good yeah. friends with people. Yeah. It's just it's. Yeah, because it's fake, it's false, and it's and but when you when you have that experience with people and and, and love and and familiarity and shorthand yeah. shorthand changes everything, and that's what um, helped that movie. It's fun that like and Patricia Clarkson's so great. Yeah, Michelle Williams is like without well, was just so young at that point. She was still doing Dawson's Creek at that point. Yeah, that's crazy. We had to wrap her out to get her back. To get her back to the to kid Dawson's show. Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Did you go hang around that Worcester group at all? Did you go see that shit? Uh, no, I saw, that was sort of before my time, and then when we got there, it was, I saw, just actually, not that, like 10 years ago, I saw a show there that Fran McDormand did, but no, not not, not really. No. No. I, I missed all that. I was too busy just yeah. being a dumb comic. Yeah, I was sort of being a, just a dumb idiot, just didn't go see a lot of plays. Because there was like plays and there was like the end of sort of performance art was happening down there. There right. were still people around doing things yeah. like that performance wise. Interesting kind of avant-garde stuff, yeah. which sort of became a uh, mockery of itself eventually. Yeah. yeah. I, I see a lot of comedy. Yeah. A lot of comedy. Stand up? Yeah, comic friends. Oh, like who? Showalter and all those guys were the steak. Like, yes, you went to Stella in Stella. time. Stella at the time cafe. We went all the time to that. Oh, really? Yeah, I did that once or twice. I always had a. I beef, probably saw you. Had beef with those guys. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with them now. I guess yeah. they annoyed me. No, I remember it was uh, yeah because I were, could you know yeah I could yeah, <laughs> but I remember Louis would. Yeah. show up occasionally sure. I remember like the yeah. is Louie here tonight is Louie yeah, oh, yeah that was... Silverman everybody Janine yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. everybody yeah right. yeah it was a thing yeah and that guy Blue and his band yep that was what we would do or whatever every Wednesday for a while there right we'd head over there yeah I just remember like having been like mostly a club comic I just as that kind of world of uh, you know kind of nice kind of sketch oriented people started mm -hmm. to populate comedy I just yeah. resented them because you were a lone wolf. Exactly. And did it become 
still like kinda, the cool kids kind of shutting you out a little bit or did it what no was they that? always wanted to involve me but i was not like, them in particular but oh, comedy no is there a, is i could have done a it. hierarchy no i mean we did luna lounge did you do that too yeah. that was a little earlier yeah, yeah, like yeah, i was yeah, always yeah. there I, I never could, performed. I would just be an audience. Yeah, because I could drinking. go up there and yell and, yeah. and, and do what I do. But then, like, yeah, it all became very sort of like... The ambition, though. Hipstery. What, I guess what we're yeah, talking about before. Yeah. A little of that. Seems like perhaps... There was something There was something happening in terms of a community uh, definition. Like, you know, right. comics, you know, our job is to, you know, go out into the wild of our brain and the world and, you know, beat ourselves up and try to process things. You know, I had a different idea of what it was. Then you know, sort of like we're doing this thing together. Right. Like, I, what does that mean? It's right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Why skits? Yeah, yeah. What do not, you... I don't do skits. Yeah. No, yeah. they were, but really funny skits. But sure. But Just... I get it. If I was, yeah, I, I get it. Um, what do you think? What's happening now with comedy, with the world we're living in now? Not, oh, not I, I, I think that there's a problem, again, with some sort of tribalization, but it's not yeah. the sort of like, um, uh, kind of like urbane nerd uh, that, that is really... No, but uh, being afraid to... Now there's an... Being uh, afraid to be funny or being afraid to say something well, I think that, inappropriate, I think, which is the basis of all I guess humor. so, but uh, I, I think that that's... I, I, I don't... I, not I, to be hot topic guy. No, but, but I, don't, I don't really buy into that. I don't, I don't right. think you... I think you can say things. And I think you can still like, you know, if the if the idea, the impulse is only to shock or to say something well, to that's, yeah, make I an mean, impact. That's not so fun. But I mean, the great leveler that that sure. Have but I, I still think that uh, we're, all that's it, possible. we're all in it together. I think I, I don't it. I don't know if that's true anymore. Right. Because of politics, the audience or because of the comic, because of politics. I think that, you know, this idea that there is a woke comedy right and an anti-woke comedy is fucking ridiculous right and you know if you consider yourself anti-woke then i think you're carrying water for right-wing propaganda yeah and i and i think that you're a hack because the job is to think for yourself yeah so what you know like you know if you can't find your voice in a world of diversity and respect then you know what are you really yeah. And if you can't transcend that by being, uh, you know, respectful yet still provocative, then, you know, you're not really challenging yourself, are you? Yeah. You're right. Things evolve. I just, I think that you can be as crass and as fucking vulgar and as fucking provocative as you want without saying a couple of words. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you know, there's a lot of words we don't say anymore. This whole idea that we can't joke about anything has been around since, you know, the beginning of comedy. I know. There's a lot of hypocrisy going on, I got to say, from being a mm. somebody who's a little bit unique, front row seat to some... Really? Like what? Like, what do you see? Well, you know, it's really progressive to um, cast a, a, literally no offense to anything, but I was a little... Taken back by the very, very, they're very proud to cast a, a Latino actress as Snow White. Yeah, but you're still telling the story of Snow still White. Still Snow White. And yeah, Seven Dwarfs. Sure. So, look, take take a step back and look at what you're doing there. Yeah, I know. That makes no sense to me. But oh, so what, you can what, be, you're progressive in one way, and then but you're still making that 
fucking backward oh, story of back- <laughs> seven dwarves living in a cave. To get, what the fuck are you doing, man? We, you know, have yeah, I yeah. have I done nothing to advance the cause <laughs> from my soapbox? I guess I'm not loud enough. Uh, go, I don't know what studio, I don't so, know what studio that is, but they, but it was they were so proud of that, and all love and respect to the to the actress and to uh, the people who thought they were doing the right thing. But I'm just like, Dude, you don't. What are you doing? Right. And I remember doing. Uh, um, I played Hervé Villachez Yeah. In a in an HBO film, and there was a lot of early backlash. How dare he play a Filipino? They were so liberal minded, and I am as liberal and. Sure. As as anybody. Right. But they were so convinced because of how he looked, yeah. Hervé, that he was Filipino, which is, if that's not racism, what else? Because he's not. He was a Frenchman and his physical condition made him look very cherubic. Uh-huh. And Interesting. I guess someone from the Far East. But they got uh-huh. very angry. How dare you do that? And they didn't even have all the information. Nothing. They just assumed. Yeah. I, I, and here I am hanging out with his brother, Patrick Villachez, who was just like laughing at all of it, uh-huh. who was born and raised in France with the guy. And well, I think that's interesting because well, I'm, I think I'm that... also. If you tell the tell the the, the story of Snow White, yeah, it's most fucked up, cool, progressive spin on it. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, uh, all in. But I just don't know. But that has something to do with business, doesn't it? Because like, but you it's know, all the same world. What you're talking about, it is. But like, and and, and watching ourselves and being. But they, but not hypocrisy of where you know all of that. But not unlike we were talking about before, is that they knew, you know, it's not unlike you know revivals, right? So right, they knew they got a cash cow with that story. So you know, it's because people don't take risks, right? But but the point is, is that like they were great risk comes great reward. Yeah, but 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 in their mind, they're like, we got a no brainer here. Right. You know, we can win by appearing to be progressive by casting a Latina, and uh, and you know, we can just you know you know run money through this story again. Yeah. I don't think anybody has ever probably, other than what I just heard just now, said, you know, this is a miss. It's not you know the the dwarf community <laughs> is tired of this shit. Is there one? I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Right. In order to seek representation, you, you have to have a community movement, which also is the heart of what becomes the issue of wokeness. But it's such a minority. I know. And I'm not I'm not affiliated with any um, groups or anything, but it's such a minority that it causes a real like, well, who the fuck cares? You know, and that's it's entertainment. I mean, entertainment. Right. But I think that that's also what I'm I'm talking about is that there there's a movement on behalf of like a anti wokeness to get us back to who the fuck cares. Now, I'm not right. uh, yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, you should you know stand up for for. Uh, your community it's not your responsibility and right. it may be relative I don't know if it, would you even consider it marginalized or just not even acknowledged you know other than some you know what to call people exactly yeah I don't know the thing is is like I think in the world that you know anti-wokeness or you know anti-progressiveness sees it's sort of like hey come on everybody let's go back to can't we just fuck with people right which what I we- which half my brain does sure because I'm about as politically non-correct right because probably because of who i am i'm maybe allowed to be a little less politically correct because i get to i get to make fun of myself yeah you know i get yeah. to say the m word you know yeah. what i mean you know what i mean 
You do. M, not I know, N. I know, M. I heard you. But again, you're in a movie now that speaks to this too, because, you know... Speaks to what? To casting in a different way. You know, um, this is an, uh, it's sort of an age-old story, Cyrano, which I didn't have never seen or read, so that story was totally new to me when I watched it the other day, which was very exciting. Yeah. Because it's heartbreaking. Oh, you saw the movie? I did. Oh, cool. You liked it? Yeah. Really? Yes. I'm, I'm kind of, like as I get older, and even when I wasn't older, I, it's like you know I don't I I I admit that you know musicals move me. It, it, people in general, you know, singing or any of that right. story. I I I don't I they're, don't they're, run around saying I love them, but they always get me. Do you like that the band the National? No. They, oh, they wrote all the they wrote all the songs. <laughs> it's very good though. Yeah, it's it's more of a um, now I like them. Now I like the yeah. band the National. It's kind of a movie with songs. It's musicals. You sort of think like. Big, big, lavish numbers. At West no, I guess Story so. Style. I mean, uh, yeah, it, is, but a it mu- is a musical. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie with songs, but yeah. you do there's dance numbers. Yes. I don't dance, basically. Yeah, no, you don't. That's but true. like, there are choreographed dance numbers. Yes. So I guess it is a musical. Um, no, I, 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 it was originally a stage play, and Erica Schmidt, the adapter of the original Rustand play, French yeah. play from the about 120 years ago, she had the great idea. All right, this show is done all the time. It's yes. been done for a hundred years. And the be, movie with Steve Martin with Roxanne, yeah. and then there was a movie with Gerard Depardieu, which is great. Yeah, I um, hear that. And it'll be done a hundred years from yeah. now. Yeah, we're not the first or last version of the story. Right. So with that, you can kind of unearth it a bit and go, well, "All right, what do we do with this one?" Like Roxanne, like Steve Martin did. Yeah, let's make it a pure comedy. But what she did was, um, she said, well, "What if we take away its most famous attribute? What if we take away the nose?" Right. And what are you left with? Yeah. You're left with the same heart, but yeah. just but no nose. Yeah. And uh for me, I always I never really associated with the, the play growing up. I was more obviously like we said, Sam Shepard. Yeah. Because I always thought it was this handsome actor in a fake nose. Yeah. And when he wrote it 120 years ago, I'm sure it was great and the crowds went wild. And yeah. it was like, oh, what's up? It was probably one of the first known prosthetics yeah. used. Yeah. It was probably maybe even controversial to some. What are you doing? But f- now it's just, what the fuck are you griping about this big nose? It doesn't seem, and the actor got to take it off at the end of each performance. Yeah. And put it on his little nose hook in the right. dressing room. The nose hook. Wherever he kept it. <laughs> I like a nose hook. A nose yeah. hook. But he he could do that. And uh-huh. I just thought, nah, it's just, I know theater and film, it's false, it's make-believe, it's pretend, but... Uh-huh. Uh, it, growing up, I needed that to be connected, real on a guttural, yeah. visceral level with something. Of and course, it was, and it was just too theatrical for yeah. me. I didn't like it any of it. But then Erica got rid of it because I, she didn't write it for me, but she got rid of the nose and she added these songs. Got the band <sighs> to add these songs. I just thought that was a smart way in. Yeah, and very. I, I lobbied for the part, and she, she let me. She let me play the part, and. My size is not a substitute for the lack of a nose. It's just sort of, it's sort of uh, perhaps I was drawn upon stuff. Yeah. In terms of feeling insecure about yourself on on bad days and yeah. Uh, uh, but now it's it spoke to everybody suddenly. But yeah, but also like yeah, you take away the prosthetic and you take away that device, which makes it which makes it kind of asks for comedy. Of course it does, and, and it also you subconsciously as an audience member, I found are judging the character just like all the other characters are judging him because you just, you're not, it's just a big nose. It's, it's right. A, and you're kind of, it's, a, it's fake and. Yeah, and, and it's sort of. A, and a, you're, you're, 
in on the joke and the actors in on the joke with you like right almost winking at the audience like look at my f- big nose uh-huh. but what's interesting about this m- movie is that you don't you know y- you don't ask the, any real questions about how or why you are what you are is right. that you know you show up and you, you, you're clearly you, right. but your intellect and everything is already intact, yeah. and 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 the swordsmanship and all that stuff because yeah. you put the work in to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. It's all sort of like, well, this guy's just a you know badass, right? Period. Yeah, and no one's gonna fuck with this guy. Right. You know, like you're like uh, it never appears comedic in that way. No, it, it's heartbreaking from the very beginning because it's know, just you can't play purely the, human. You can't play the comedy of anything, really. No, but like, but I could see what you were saying that you know to keep returning to the nose right. after a certain point, oh, it man. just becomes frozen in time. It becomes a tradition. It becomes yeah. silly, and you have to suspend a, a whole lot of disbelief just in order to get to the, hum- the humanity of the play. Right. And I thought, if this guy is really heroic in everything in his life, yeah. except for love. That's really cool too. That's very contra. That's you know because heroes usually in films are, you know, heroic across the board. With in battlefield, comes back with the woman and never you know he's heroic all the time. Yeah, but just but the, to the, be to be completely oof. at the mercy of of love. It yes, was, was pretty was great. Is that a choice that you made to how in terms of playing it? Uh, I like that he's um, cowardly in one aspect. Well, that but that's what I'm I'm asking yeah, you. I mean, is. the story is the story, mm-hmm. but when you were deciding how to make choices around playing him, well, I think it calls into question a lot of about what uh, what is love, yeah, baby. But truly, it's is love. It's he, this guy. It's almost like if Roxanne professed her love to yeah. him, he wouldn't know what to do in a way. It's like people who are in love with the idea of love. What the fuck is love? Yeah. Is love, is there such a thing as love at first sight or is that just chemicals and sex and yeah. um, attraction? Does love come later? Right. What do you, what do you right. what is it? What is it? Can you, is it, is it possible to sustain it for a lifetime? That's what the movie's about. Is it, right. Yeah. But it's, it's more about that initial, keeping that initial thrill. Right. And how do you sustain it? You know, in an Emily Bronte sense uh-huh. of it all, like people who who have this notion of what it is. Yeah. It's very old school Catholic, you know, about like loving God and, yeah. and giving your life to something, but you're not even aware of what it is truly that you're that you're mm. that you're bowing down to. Um I think. And I think a most a lot of people um, don't like to apply love to reality. They like to keep them separate, and that's what Cyrano does. I don't right. know, you know, what are they going to move in together? As soon as Roxanne starts snoring, Cyrano going to still be in love with her? Still being written poetry about her? I don't know. Well, I think what you bring up is interesting about, you know, belief and about loyalty and about decision, you're choosing, right. you, you know, to live in that elevated state of, yeah. you know, whatever it may be, love, obsession. But, that, but also if you're lying to that person, he's lying to Roxanne. He sets up this elaborate catfish with with um, Christian. Yeah, but but she sort of instigates. She initiates that. I mean, her her feeling. <laughs> it's her. No, but her feeling for him, however naive it may have been, was right. where it started. It was it, it, right. You stepped in because she asked you. I mean, it isn't just. Have you ever been? Cl- sorry to interrupt. Have you ever been close friends with a woman? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that you were attracted to. Yeah. But they weren't. Yes. 
We all have. I think, yeah, but I think that's you know after a series of those, is where, and, where, where my friendships with women sort of took a hit. Right. Cyrano doesn't doesn't take a hint because he's been friends with Roxanne for a long time, and if she doesn't realize that. He also didn't in like, love with her. That if he, she doesn't really, yeah. But you know, just like he saw her, she sees him in a different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the familiarity is your biggest enemy there, right? Yeah. How do you shift that? Do you have you gone back and become friends with those women? Well, I mean, you after know, it time, ha- after time fizzles or whatever. Well, it, it happened throughout my life at different points. Right. Yeah. You know where, but I, I always blame myself. Of course. So you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I, if I. Like I have a few uh, women friends, but not many. Uh, and I've, were you quiet about it, or would you tell them right away, like a, like an actor, like myself would? No, it just I was just quietly, you know, uh, obsessed and and you know uh, over overcompensating and right. you, you know, and then it just uh, it you know none of them were I, I, I did I have it at an age where you know I would you, you know maintain the the relationship. I mean, it, I it, I've it's been tricky for me in general. To you know, maintain friendships and by and large, yeah, I have a few friends. Yeah, well, because how many friends do you need though? People have too many. I know friends. I have a, yeah, a bit about that. You need two. You need the main guy and the guy you go to when you drain the main guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm having I, this problem. I, oh, you're tired? I, no, I'll call the other guy. I've <laughs> lost some friends over the years. Yeah, just because I'm tired of listening to them. Sure, we got it. It's all about it's yeah. all about them yeah, and the I, problems. I definitely have those. You feel resentful, like yeah. Wait, what about my shit, man? You're not. You know, yeah, well, like it depends. I, I had to, I had to walk away from some of those. Yeah, uh, and then did you ask yourself why am I the guy that they do that to? Yeah, that's on me too. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, 100%. that's yeah, my dad's a, a famous self-involved rambling man. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but anyway, so I love that Chris Christopherson song. It's it's one of the best self-involved rambling. Man. Yeah, it's not it's it's not even that sad. It's no, just, it's not. Like, it's tiring because <laughs> it goes on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like an wow. entire side yeah. of an album. Yeah, we get the and point. And then you flip over the album, you think it's over, but it's still going. Still there. He's it's still, still talking about something you don't give a shit about. About himself. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, most songwriting might fall into that. Yeah, I guess so. But, uh, Shut up already with the, with yeah. the singing about it. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm more of a, a melody guy than a lyric guy. <laughs> give me the riff. I want to know the riff. I don't need to hear the talking. Um, <laughs> That's why you don't know what, you know. Most people are singing about. <clears throat> but, Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah. yeah. Wait, is that what he's saying? What? Yeah. Oh man! Just, here, smoke this. Yeah. Doesn't matter, man. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're on a rocket. His guitar is holding down. it. Down. But uh, am I upside down or is Jimmy's? Guitar? It all is, man. <laughs> Did you ever listen to the Dead? Were you ever yeah. a Deadhead? I, know. I like. The I dead. was never a Deadhead. I, was, I wouldn't say I was a Deadhead, but I did have. I do have an appreciation for the Dead. I see. I was. I was. I guess at a young age, if when you're doing the prog rock, you, if you don't sleep. That's up. like anti-dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was anti-dead, man. I get it. I was pro-life. No, that it. doesn't sound right. <clears throat> Not that. <clears throat> but but, uh, but to speak to the movie, like, you know, the choice to cast you, which I, I thought was genius. And then I imagine in the classic telling of the story, Christian is not a black man. So that was no. a choice. Yeah, but uh, he's, he's all, quite often played like an idiot. And we, uh, it's funny because- Is that he, true? Yeah. An idiot. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, wow. You're a handsome idiot. But, yeah. Um, this version uh, that Erica created, she never saw him as that. She created a very kind person, a very, and I think- Who was aware of his flaws. Yeah. And, and his and shortcomings. And just so 
uh, like the yeah. opposite. Of, yeah, of, she of doubled. Now. She doubled the heartbreak. Yeah, but I think what it speaks to is if you meet a really sweet, kind person, your first thing is like, yeah. I'm not sure that person's very smart, because I think we equate kindness with. Suckers. Lack of intelligence. Weak. Yeah. And and like cynicism and darkness sure. with intelligence. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's the old, I think it's like a Seinfeld thing of like, if you ever want to look look uh, smart, you just just seem like frustrated yeah. or something. And then, then, and then I look like a fucking genius <laughs> all the time. I fool some people. Hey, you're a genius. No, I'm not. I'm just anxious and <laughs> aggravated. <laughs> Don't misread me. About my cornflakes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That, are, that got soggy. Sure, exactly. Oh, yeah. So fucking angry. The day is done. The day is done. It's fucked. So dark. Bre- breakfast uh, was a disaster. <laughs> Still holding on to it. <laughs> yeah. Two days later. But uh, that's what they did. And, yeah. And with Kelvin, Kelvin, the actor who plays Christian, he does it so be- beautifully. Yeah, um, it's great. Um, yeah. It really was. I mean, I, 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 <clears> I do <throat> like watching those things, and I do start to think about... You know, how many of these these kind of period piece musicals are just tragic as fuck yeah. but because they're musicals you're like it makes it so different I the know. singing makes it different you forgive everything well it it, it, <clears throat> it actually delivers the goods of tragedy in in a way that you can you know absorb you know because like you know the the tragic ending in general you know, it, you sort of want to avoid it because it, it that we're all headed there. Right. But when it's about love and broken hearts and unrequited love and stuff like I, I, you know, I get the tension of that. But I think that when there's song and when, you know, it is elevated in that way, you can process it differently and it enables you to have feelings that you might not have been able to handle if it was just straight up sad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean- you mean it is it that doesn't mean it's softer though, right? That doesn't no. mean it's like no, easier it's just, to more like, No, but like as I get older I'm like, you know, I don't know if I want to watch it if it's gonna be devastating. I don't feel like right. dealing with it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sure. And uh and you know, this is a, an emotionally devastating classical story. Yeah. And I imagine that the the original is played with some humor, right? Yeah. Where this is like it's not played with humor, but because of the music, you actually you you experience it in a deeper way. I, I don't. Yeah, think... no. There's there's some humor to it, but the the music does lift it out of the quagmire of the tragedy quite quite often, and that's and then and then then uh, um, I, I you know musicals. Uh, I, I I like some of them. Yeah, I'm and just then... sort of a sucker for for. I don't watch a lot of them, but when I find myself doing it yeah i get very emotional right away just right. because people are singing right I, yeah of course <laughs> i don't know why and like steven zonheim yeah rest in peace yeah i mean then um not the tim burton version but when sweeney todd came along that just sort of yeah that was like a true west moment and for me with musicals, oh, yeah? because it was not your average musical sure. uh, narrative yeah yeah this is a musical about a guy who slits people's throats out yes. of revenge and makes meat pies out of them mm. I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. so in, and it's brilliantly done with music that gives you goosebumps. Yeah. Um, the writer Emerald Fennel just did a version of Cinderella with Andrew Lloyd Webber, wrote mm. the, and they redid the whole thing. Made made Prince Charming gay, the whole nine years. Oh, maybe she should be the one to take on Snow White. It's great. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> she's, she's forward. Gonna deal think. with this fucking. She's forward thinking, man. Yeah. No, we're working on a Rumpelstiltskin right now. Really. Yeah, that's gonna hopefully change the wheel a little bit. Blow some minds. I hope so. Rumpelstiltskin's back, dude. <laughs> 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 
Great talking but, to you. But nobody knows that story, so we can do anything. Uh, yeah. Why not? Is that it? We're done? Yeah, unless you got a closing thoughts. Sorry. I'm just sad that uh, that I don't have a, I usually give people a mug and I'm out of them. And I'm going to have to get you a mug at a different time. That's my, my big uh, sadness. I don't know. You, uh, <laughs> that was mine. No, like a, an actual WTF mug. Oh. You can get a Paris mug <laughs> in New York. But I appreciate you licking it like that would somehow like, oh, no. Dinklage licked the cup. You got to take it home. All right, buddy. <laughs> Just a little bit of have fun. COVID. And how long are you gonna be in? Uh, I don't know. L.A. It's all. It's all a jet lag. You here for a little while? Just a week. Okay. Well, have fun out there. Thank you. Thank you, everybody out there. There you go. Podcast land. That's it, Peter Dinklage. Cyrano will get a wide release in theaters beginning February 25th. Peter is nominated for the Critics' Choice Award for Best Actor. It was very exciting and fun to talk to him. Uh, I hope I can do my shows this week. You will know if I can't. I just, look, I feel all right. I feel like I could, but, you know, I can't go out there in the world without a negative test. So if you don't hear from me, all systems go. Or somebody. You know. You know how it is, but you know what's up. I don't even know how many of you are listening now. I'm going to try some finger picking, distorted finger picking on my electric guitar. It's very hard for me to stay focused. Generally, it's not a COVID thing. Monkey and LaFonda, cat angels everywhere. It's close. I'm working on my finger picking. Very simple.